0: It's time to chat on Kitch Cat Chat with Laura. Where there is no theme, deal with it, bumholios. Oh, hey there, poopadoopies. It's my first ever podcast episode. So, because it's the first, I figure start with some intro junk. My name is Laura, and I suppose most of you that would even listen to this already know me, but, I don't know, let's just dream big here and assume that... Someone who doesn't know me out there might listen to this. I am an elementary school teacher. I teach visual arts. Uh, Oh man, I could talk about that for a while, but not right now. Anyways, uh, let's see. For this podcast, I'm going to give you one and only one trigger warning, and it's this right now, this first episode. I will do my best not to be obscenely offensive. But I just think it's impossible not to offend somebody. I probably already offended somebody because I called you poopy dupes. There's just no way. Um, I have to be a little bit cognizant of the fact that a student could discover this or something like that. But at the same time, I'm not going to start every episode with, oh, I'm going to say these words and this word. And I'm not going to say just in case one. you were seven, you were... Uh, I don't know kidnapped by a gang of see i've already said like five trigger words and i didn't even say anything i was gonna say banana slugs i was gonna say in case you were kidnapped by a gang of banana slugs and it probably would have offended somebody because they're like oh that's an endangered species how dare you make light of an endangered species so my point here is i just can't do that i i can't hang i can't i can't worry about every little thing i'm saying because then that kind of defeats the purpose of what i'm doing here Um, I've always considered doing something like this, videos or recordings. Uh, I'm definitely an audio processor, an audible processor. I think out loud. I literally cannot get something completely thought out and done and processed unless I say it out loud to somebody, or in this case, I suppose to myself. Um, not only did I have the idea, but I pitched it to my therapist and she thought it was a good idea too. So uh, I guess it's kind of double the therapy or something like that. Um, Let's see. I'm going to have a few segments every time, hopefully, or at least often enough. And those will be a regular thing. But this podcast really is just going to be time for me to talk about what I feel like talking about. And that's definitely going to change as time goes on. At the same time, there's probably going to be a lot of repeat. I don't know if you've listened to other podcasts, but they tend to repeat crap. Like I like to listen to Joe Rogan. Not all of them. Some of them are boring, but some of them are amazing and life-changing. He talks about the same stuff over and over all the time, and that's totally a-okay because we're humans. And if we're talking about and thinking about the same stuff over and over again, it's because we care about those things. So am I going to repeat myself sometimes? Probably. Yeah. I don't know. Well, anyways, um, let's see. That seems like enough of an introduction. You'll kind of hear and. Learn what I like and what I dislike and information about that. The name of my podcast is Kitch Cat Chat, but truthfully, we won't really talk about Kitch. I'm sure cats will come up sometimes, but it's not a cat podcast. That name came from my sort of art brand that I've made for myself. Um, I make it sound like I have any success with that brand, but I don't. It's just the name I came up with on Instagram. I really love Kitch. Um, I love Kitch Art, Kitch Anything. I love color and ridiculousness, and I love cats. I have two of them. So I came up with Kitch Cat, and then when I was thinking about the podcast title, it just came to me, and I was like, you know what? Sure, the things I'm going to talk about have nothing to do with the title, but let's go for it. So yeah, it seems like enough of an introduction. So in preparation for this podcast episode, I wrote down a few notes for myself, and do you ever like write down ideas like maybe by your bedside or just even when you're awake and you're like this is such a good idea this is freaking genius and then later on you look at the list and you're like what what so my intro it says intro I'm Laura which I've kind of already done um trigger warning yeah kind of did that one and then it lists farts candy <laughs> that's kind of the list and then it goes into my segments so I guess The day that I wrote this list, it was a couple days ago, I felt it was really important to talk about farts and candy. So I guess we'll just start right there. Um, I say, I guess a lot. I, it's my, um, I also notice when I'm teaching, I say, let's see, um, does that make sense? I say that like 20 times during a lesson when I teach. So I definitely have some repetitive phrases, get ready for it. So farts, (laughs) I've always been a farty person. Like, I mean, I can't even lie about that. Sure, I'm on a podcast and sharing this information with people, but guess what? I've just always been a farty person. I know every single person on the planet farts, but I just have a hard time believing that every person on the planet farts as much as I do. It has been a common theme throughout my whole life, just farts. My mom farts all the time. Sorry, mom. My dad, when he was alive, farted all the time. Um, just, we're farters. I don't know. And before I lived with my husband, it was a little more manageable to kind of hide farts from him. That wasn't really my idea. He he likes the idea of kind of keeping farts out of the bedroom, so to say. Um, but I was always like, well, oh, fine, If I'll try. You know, I, I don't want to fart in front of him. Which is ridiculous because when I was single, I remember telling my BFF Nate, like, I'm a hundred percent farting in front of my husband and I don't give a crap and he better deal. And I don't want to be with anyone who can't deal with me farting. And then I'd go, you know, and I'd fart. Um, and that was very celebrated between the two of us in that conversation. But then, you know, I actually got into a relationship and I tried not to fart in front of Dennis, my now husband. Um, I failed sometimes, but I tried overall not to fart in front, especially, you know, stinky ones or big ones or whatever. Um, and it was a lot easier when we didn't live with each other I was just like fart as much as I could and get it out of my system and then I'd go to his house and just like hold on to those little babies for as long as I could um, and I'd be like oh what's that in the backyard and go fart you know um, and just as time has gone on that's kind of lessened up and then I don't know what happened but something with getting officially actually marriage triggered something in me where I was like well now I can fart more <laughs> he loves me it's real now he can handle the farting But it still wasn't like full level, you hear all my farts. But guess what really has brought it out of me? And you know what? Him. He might deny it, but out of him. The quarantine. The whole global pandemic that's happening right now. There's no avoiding it. We both work from home right now. He's in the front room right now working. I'm back here pretending to work. But guess what? Like, How can you avoid farting in front of each other when you're literally in the house 24 hours a day? And beyond that, I'm, I hold all my stress, like in my stomach, in my whole body, but definitely in my stomach. So it's like, of course I'm farting more than I even normally fart because I'm stressed out because it's all like in my stomach going and then coming out as farts. And then on top of that, we had an earthquake, which I don't know. I don't know. I kind of feel like it shook some farts out. And then on top of it, we are eating an exorbitant amount of cheese, like We like cheese. We're vegetarians, but we definitely like cheese. We're not vegans. Oh my goodness. The amount of cheese I've been eating. I have bought bagels and cream cheese, which I never buy, but I'm like pandemic. Guess what? Laura gets bagels and cream cheese and then like quesadillas and just like blocks of cheese, just all the cheese. And I'm a little lactose intolerant, not like a ton I've discovered, but I'm a little bit. And there's a real fine line between like... I can eat a little bit of cheese and everyone's okay. But if I eat a lot of cheese, like yesterday, yesterday I had a bagel with cream cheese. I had a big old quesadilla with a whole lot of cheese. I feel like our dinner involved cheese. Oh wait, Dennis didn't eat dinner. I ate macaroni and freaking cheese. So like I had cheese all day long. I think I, no, no, I didn't. I thought maybe I had a piece of bread with cheese. Still so much cheese. And this isn't going to be like a diet show. Don't worry. I'm just saying I ate a lot of cheese and guess what happened? I farted so much. We went on a walk around the avenues in Salt Lake city. And I was like a choo-choo train being propelled forward by my farts. It was just like, and that's how I walked. It was like, Oh, that's a big hill, but don't worry. I have plenty of gas. I can get up that hill. And I, I, Oh, poor Dennis. I would just be like, Oh, what's that? And I'd stand for a minute and let him walk ahead. And it would just be like, this horrendous fart. And it was stinky. But luckily it was really windy. I'm a lady. It's fine. It blew away. Dainty little girl. Anyway, I'm just saying, how could you possibly live with somebody in a tiny little house? Like, I love our house, but it's like less than a thousand square feet. How could you possibly live with somebody in a tiny little house and both be working from home and both being like, let's go exercise together? So it's like you're spending the majority of the day in the same human space. And how can you not hear each other fart? So, I don't know. People are talking about all these discoveries from the pandemic. And my biggest discovery so far seems to be farting. So, sorry if you heard there was a little splice there with the audio. Dennis came in the kitchen, which is right by my art room where I'm at right now, to get some peanut butter and a banana, which is totally fine. Um, We'll hopefully hear from him later. One of my segments involves him. But anyway, yeah, farts. There's a global pandemic going around, and that's my big takeaway right now is holy farting in front of my beautiful spouse. Oh, Lord. Anyway, uh, but yeah, while we're on it, pandemic. I know that every single podcast out there right now, that's all they're talking about, but it's like, how can you not talk about it? Like that, uh, it'd be kind of obscene. To have a podcast episode right now and not talk about the global pandemic. So, you know what? Yeah, I'm going to talk about it a little bit. Not too much. I don't know. You've all heard it. You've read it. But here are some of my thoughts on the coronavirus. Which, in my head, for some reason, I always call the Conan virus. I don't understand why. It's just one of those things. Like how I say knife in my head instead of knife. It's like this phonetic memory thing. I say Conan virus. Conan 19 I don't know anyway um here in utah we got definitely hit like right the week that like uh the coronavirus is like really big and everyone is kind of like uh do we need to stay home and i happened to be sick with a cold the first week of the big coronavirus in the u.s thing so i was totally freaked out and my boss thankfully was like please stay home thank you and i was really grateful that she did that because i've had some employers in the past who were like Why aren't you at work and would make me feel like crap for not being there, even when I really needed to not be there. So it was really refreshing. And I feel very fortunate to have, um, a boss who was like, yes, thank you for staying home. We'll figure it out. Especially as a teacher, I'm like, how irresponsible would that have been to go to work when I had symptoms and I was sick the first week of the coronavirus. Now I don't think I had the coronavirus because I'd never any point had any sort of fever But I definitely was coughing and was not feeling good. And I felt hot and fever sometimes, but I checked my temperature all the time and it was always normal. So I don't know. But the point is me and Dennis definitely started out freaked out. Like we started on the top level of we need to lock it down. First, I just had to lock it down because I was sick. And then it became, wow, we really should lock it down. And it was hard not to be extra cautious when I had symptoms that seemed a little bit similar to COVID-19. Um, so we started our sort of quarantine uh, a couple weeks ago. I haven't been keeping track or anything. I keep thinking I should get a calendar mostly because then I think if I write the word running on a calendar, then maybe I'll actually go running, but whatever that's for another day. Um, but yeah, we started early. There's just two of us and our cats, which, Oh Lord. I just found out that cats can get COVID virus from humans and I'm real worried. So now I want to be even more cautious and like wipe crap down because I'm like, I don't want my cat to get coronavirus from me and die. My cats are old. What if I killed my cats because I had to go to Target? No, no. We're locking it down even more. Anyway, we stay at home. My husband compares it to like prison rules. Um, he talked about this in his own podcast with his friend, Lindsay. It's called Rabble, Rabble, Rabble. And he talks about how it's like prison rules where he does a few crappy push-ups, and for an hour or two, he goes out in the yard, um, and gets some sunshine. And that's very much how it is. I know I wake up, I check my work email and do what things I need to do with that. But there's a lot of art happening. I'm very fortunate to have a lot of hobbies that I'm very easily able to just let hours and hours go by working on my arts and crafts and, and I'm perfectly happy with that. We're both also very fortunate to be introverted um, people. We like socializing. We like talking to people. If you have ever met me, I think you'd probably know that. But we're really comfortable with being hermits. And this is just kind of supporting that, which is a good and bad thing. But I, I'm i one of those people who's like very fortunate. I still have a job. I can work from home. But on top of that, I'm like, thank God I can make all of this art I can paint. I finished my wedding scrapbook. I mean, are you kidding me? I made Easter baskets for friends. I'm just like going crazy. Um, so I'm very fortunate that like my brain works that way and that I'm very comfortable with this whole stay at home thing. And, and I think Dennis and I do really well with like you stay in your room. I'll stay in mine. You go to bed when you want. I'll go to bed when I want. Like we go on walks together. We talk with each other. We spend the day with each other. There's been a lot of come look at this and we run to the window and show each other the cats doing something cute, but we're really good. I think at kind of respecting the fact that each of us wants our own time and space him more than myself. I'm like, I'm bored. So I stand up and I go in the room and I just kind of hover and I shake my bum at him or I say weird stuff or I poke him or I always like to squeeze his bum and he always is like, stop doing that, you know, stuff like that. But I've definitely like to creep in his space. Um, I also am constantly trying to get him to look at the scrapbook that I just made with me and play Mario Kart. He has no interest in either activity, whatever. It's fine. So it's just been really scary. Um, I think I mentioned earlier in Utah, we got hit with like double Corona because the week, and then I went off on a tangent the week that the coronavirus thing really was starting and building momentum, unfortunately in the United States and in Utah, you know, we had the whole jazz player thing. Uh, And everyone's like, did you touch a jazz player? Uh, We had a freaking huge earthquake too. It was ridiculous. Um, I grew up in Northern California and I have been in an earthquake that was like 7.1. And I was fine. My family was fine. It was terrifying. And since then, I've been very afraid of earthquakes. So it was very emotionally scarring basically, but physically I was fine. And that's something I've told myself, you know, throughout this whole process is like, I lived through a seven plus earthquake and I was in an old crappy farmhouse when it happened and nothing happened. Everyone was fine. Nothing broke except for this like tiny glass cow on my mom's shelf. And she didn't even care about that glass cow, even though we all thought she really cared about that glass cow. Um, but I survived that and I was fine and our city was fine. So, you know, in Utah, they talk about the big earthquake. When they say the big earthquake, they don't mean like a 20 point earthquake that's going to like rip the earth in half. They mean like a seven point something earthquake and I've been in one of those. So it's given me a lot of comfort kind of putting that in perspective, but that didn't make it any easier to kind of get over it for about two weeks after the earthquake. We just had constant um, aftershocks and earthquakes. We had hundreds. I I think it was like over 500. I don't know. I should look that up. Sorry. If you know the answer and you're sitting there and you're listening and you're just like, it's this, it's this, I'm sorry. I should have looked it up, but It was ridiculous because once you'd get fine and I would do my deep breathing. I learned in yoga, you know, you take four breaths in and eight slow breaths out. So you really extend the breath out, you know, the exhale and it would help me ground. And I'd be like, okay, my my body finally stopped shaking. And then we would have another freaking earthquake. It was ridiculous. So I definitely had to deal with that. Um, But thank God the earthquakes have subsided here in Utah They've spread, you know, to other places. Poor Idaho had an even bigger earthquake than us. So I feel bad for them. Ridiculous. But I don't know. Side note, uh, some scientists are looking at like seismologists, I'm assuming are looking at the movement of the earth and apparently it's shaking less since everyone did quarantine around the globe. So I think that's pretty cool. It's almost like the earth is saying, Hey, bros, Chill. Um, maybe stop doing crappy things to me and maybe I'll stop shaking a bunch deal. And then they were like, Oh, Utah, you, um, like to pollute my air and have stupid factories that pour filth into the air. And you don't like to encourage people to have cars that have clean energy. And you have a bunch of people who have coal dragging trucks and think that's really cool. Guess what? Earth freaking quake. I don't know. Mm, just me. I don't know. Seems connected. But anyway, that's kind of my (laughs) summation of the coronavirus at this point. I know I'm being very light with it all. And I know it's a very terrifying and serious thing. Um, it's by no means a non-serious thing. It's not a hoax. It's not freaking radiation poisoning. (laughs) It's not any of the crap that some people want to blame it on. Um, it's real. And it's really scary. Uh, I have an immunocompromised com- <laughs> brother. He gets um, dialysis every week. And I have a mother and a mother-in-law who are both 60. Um, one has severe asthma and one ha- um, smokes. So it's like, I'm very afraid and aware of the dangers of the coronavirus. But I also have the personality where it's like, if I'm at a funeral, I'm going to make a bad joke. And believe me, I have made some really bad jokes at some funerals. In fact, my own father's funeral, I made some really horrific and painful and offensive jokes towards my family. Sorry, family. (laughs) The point is, uh, that's just my reaction. That's how I interact with the world. I, I don't mean to make light of things, but I just don't know how it's to function. Um, yeah. So coronavirus, woohoo. Let's see. So on my list, remember I mentioned farts and candy. So the farts were one of the things that I've seen come out from the coronavirus. The other thing is candy. Uh Dennis and I like we eat a lot of unhealthy food or food that is less nutritionally dense, shall we say. Um but we love food, so I don't know, whatever. But one thing we don't typically buy a lot of in our house is candy. We definitely like to get ice cream every once in a while. We I definitely more than him love sweets, but I don't like buy bags of candy and have them at home just because I I don't really care about doing that. It usually gives me a tummy ache and it's just not a thing I want to do. I don't want to villainize candy right now. That's not my goal. But I'm just trying to point out the fact that I don't usually have a ton of candy. And just like the farts and the cheese... I'm like, oh global pandemic, guess what I need? bagels, cream cheese, 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 candy. Oh I ran out of candy, more candy. I need to eat 18 candy bags a day, you know, like those little Easter bags and now I'm like, oh I need to make Easter baskets so I need to buy more Easter candy. So <laughs> uh, I guess my comfort foods are carbohydrates, cheese and candy. Big surprise. But I don't know. I just got a kick out of that. Like I am in my uh, art room here. I'm scrapbooking. I'm watching TV. I'm painting. I'm doing whatever it is for the day that I'm doing that's creative. And I've got a little bag of candy there. And I'm just like munch, munch, munch. And it's just, I don't know, kind of makes me laugh. I'm assuming that's what I meant when I wrote down candy on this list. I have no idea what else I might mean. So yeah, let's see. (laughs) Ugh. Something I'm seeing a lot on the internet that's making me wonder is, well, not wonder, but just kind of, I'm seeing it a lot, and it's got me thinking: is this whole like battle between people who are saying you have all the time in the world, you have all the resources, you don't have any excuses, so why aren't you doing this? Why aren't you starting your podcast? Why aren't you um, making the art? Why aren't you hustling? Why aren't you running? Why aren't you losing weight? Why aren't you know? There's that side that's saying use this time. And then there's this other side that's responded with fuck you like, um, you can't tell me what to do in this time. And first and foremost, my goal, my priority is just freaking surviving right now. That's in fact, that's what my therapist told me. She was like, you're not allowed to worry about, you know, being healthy or losing weight or like doing this or that or that. She's like, just watch trashy TV, lay around, like just survive. Now, when she gave me that advice, That was right after the earthquake and I was right there with her. I was like, yes, please. That's all I need. Like I just, what was I watching? I was watching the OC. I love the OC. (laughs) And I was eating all this candy and I was just laying around all day. And I, that's what I needed because my body was literally shaking from the earthquakes. But time has passed. The shaking has stopped. And now I'm like, I want to do things not because I feel this pressure to be successful, I I feel pretty good about having removed a lot of that pressure from myself. It's because I want to do something. I, I can't sit there all day. And I don't mean to say that one's good and one's bad. If you're in a place where you have to just sit there all day, I think that you should honor that. Um, I think that you should listen to your own intuition. You should not listen to Instagram or anyone else, whether they're saying do something or don't do something. That's one of my biggest beefs. A lot of times we get these groups of people who are trying to be really sensitive to, to, I don't know, to people who are processing the world differently. So for example, I mean, I'll go with weight. That's an easy example for me. Um, you can't tell right now if you haven't met me before, but I am definitely overweight or obese or whatever you want to call it. Um, but anyways, weight's an easy example for me because it's such a topic that's been on the forefront uh, in my life for so long. It's just, it's ha- name of the game. But anyways, so there's a lot of people out here right now saying... Boo fat shaming, boo making people feel like shit for being fat, boo shame, boo. Like don't talk about yourself in a negative way because you're fat. I'm all for it. I a hundred percent agree. We shouldn't be fat shaming people. And I a hundred percent agree that we shouldn't be shaming ourselves. It's just how I feel personally, but I think people take it too far. They take it to a point where they want to tell me how to talk about my own body, but guess what? You're not allowed to only I'm allowed to do that. I'm in charge of how my body is talked about. And if you're talking about my body in any way that I don't appreciate, I get to say "Mm, no. So I don't know. I just, I'm a big believer that like, nobody should be telling you how to feel about your body. Nobody should be telling you how to feel about your productivity. Nobody should be telling you how to respond to the pandemic to a certain extent. Yes. um, People need to be telling you to stay at your house and protect others. If you're not staying at home right now, you are um, being selfish. I mean, that's just my opinion. Like I said, I have that brother and those moms who are immunocompromised. And if you are going around out and about like nothing has changed, then you're basically saying that their lives don't matter. You really are. And that upsets me. So yes, sometimes if it's for the good of the public community, we have to say you can or cannot do that. I I agree with that. That's why laws exist. But when we're talking about like a human being and how they can feel and what they should be doing with their own time, that doesn't hurt other people. It's not your job to tell me how to feel or what to think or what to say. So if I want to say I'm fat, I'm allowed to say I'm fat. I hate it when you're like, oh, I'm fat. And the people are like, no, you're not. And you're like, well, I didn't say that was a bad thing. I just said I was fat. But then on the other hand, you get those people that are like, you should love your body no matter what. And like, you're not allowed to want to lose weight. And I'm like, okay, but like, you're right. I should love my body no matter what. But you don't get to tell me I shouldn't lose weight. You don't get to tell me that I should not try to, I don't know, like have a healthy relationship with my food or my movement and exercise in my life. So I don't know. I just, I prefer a little bit of balance. Don't tell me I can't be productive right now during this time, this global pandemic. But at the same time, don't tell me that I can't just lay around and watch the OC. Does that make sense? Like everybody has different needs. I don't want to suggest to anybody out there who needs to be laying around and not doing much that that's not as good as what I'm doing. Um and at the same time I don't want anyone out there to think if you're if I am laying around that they have the right to tell me not to lay around, you know? Like it's just you do your thing and I'll do mine. So basically I've been doing a ton of art, a ton of crafts because I just that's how I keep myself mentally stable and happy. I have to do something. I'm definitely being lazier than usual. I sleep in. I stay up late. I eat a ridiculous amount of food. And I'm okay with all that. But during the day, I just, I have to do something. So I'm making, I'm creating, I'm doing this right now. And that's just helping me stay sane. This is really just a selfish podcast and all the art I've made is just selfish, but that's a good thing. I'm doing what makes me feel happy and good and healthy and that's all that matters. So if anyone tells you to be more productive and use this time to get a six pack and start a new business and become a celebrity, I don't know, F them. <laughs> but if anyone out there is telling you to stay at home and you're not allowed to be productive, you know what I mean? Like sometimes it's insinuated the opposite of, of something. Like if somebody's saying, don't tell me to be productive, it's almost like they're saying you must be lazy but that's not real that's not it's a logical fallacy both things can be true some people need to be productive and some people need to be lazy and we need to respect that i guess that was a really long drawn out lots of pauses ridiculous way of saying that it's a logical fallacy to think that our truth has to be everyone else's so blah oh my goodness that was ridiculous i'm so sorry for that um <laughs> But if you're still listening, good for you. Let's see. Oh, I made another thing on my list. It says legit ran out of TP. This really happened. Um, we usually buy like a big bulk thing of Charmin, you know. And so we usually have a big bulk amount of toilet paper. And it's not because we're preppers or anything. It's because that's just how much toilet paper we buy. We're grown up adults. We don't buy four packs like an insane person. But just as the coronavirus thing started spreading and everybody went out and bought all the toilet paper... We like ran out of our big old Charmin pack. And it was like, oh, crap. I went to work and I made a joke to the janitor about stealing toilet paper at the school. And he freaked out at me. And he was like, yeah, if you want to lose your job. And I was like, well, I'm just kidding. He's like, yeah, but people will do it. And we have cameras and they take an account. And I have to have a number. And if it's missing, it comes out of my paycheck. So you better. And I was like, whoa, whoa, I'm sorry. I realize you're stressed. You're dealing with a lot. My apologies. Bad joke, I guess. Ooh anyways calm down but the point is we were out of toilet paper and we were running lower and lower but it was like still there and I was like okay and so then I went to like five stores no friggin' toilet paper um I even had a friend offer to buy me toilet paper and I was like no I don't need it because at the time it seemed like we had a lot of toilet paper and it was like of course there'll be more and then there wasn't more (laughs) and then we went to another store and another store and like I think I went to like 10 stores total over the course of two weeks. Um, and there was no toilet paper. And by the way, like I have been quarantined in my house. That's probably an exaggeration. Maybe some of those stores were online, but we did go to the store a few times. And each time I would look for the toilet paper that first day when they were going to close the school down. And it was like right in the beginning, I definitely went to like four or five stores in one day looking for toilet paper. But After that, it's been like once a week, go to the store and get a few odds and ends. Uh, At this point, it's like wear a mask, wear gloves, hand sanitizer, you know, try to leave the house as little as possible. But yeah, there was no TP. I even went online and ordered one of those tushy bidets. And then they were like, um, that's cute that you bought one. It might get here by April 20th. Good luck. Bye. (laughs) And then there's no tracking information. There's nothing. It's still not here. And it's the 7th. And I ordered it like three weeks ago. So that's fun. Um, And yeah, it's been a real fun thing. But the other day I went to Target to pick up a curbside order um, for my Easter basket stuff. And I thought, you know what? I'm already here. I have to go in the store to get the curbside order. I'm going to see if they have TP. And they did. So that was my really anticlimactic story about how I thought I was going to have to use tissues um, for toilet paper and how Dennis was making jokes about using a spray hose in the backyard on me. Um, yeah, but we have toilet paper. We're good to go for the time being. We'll see what happens. <laughs> so some of the segments I'm going to have on the show in the future and maybe one or two today um, are going to be an apology segment. I have thought um, a lot several times in the past that I should just have an entire podcast where each episode I apologize for something. Um, but it just didn't come together. It didn't seem feasible. And so I decided to just make it a segment. Um, I like that idea because I want it to be natural. I don't want to force something, but I definitely have a long list of things that I want to talk about and apologize to the world for. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think if I want to do one of those right now, since I mentioned it, I guess I will actually. So today's apology segment I don't have like a theme song for it or anything because i think a lot of the topics on my list are pretty serious i like to joke around i like to be very light with things but there's some topics on there that i wouldn't want like some fun like this is the apology segment yeah you know and then it's like racism in a united you know i i don't want to have a fun song that goes with that so yeah there won't be a theme song i'll just tell you this is the apology segment here we go today i'm sorry I'm sorry that I don't love dogs. Okay, I probably just lost any listener I had just then. But if you're still here, just stick with me. I like dogs. I do. They're really cute. They're fluffy. Oh, the Shiba Inus, all the cartoons, the memes, those ones with the really corgis, the ones with the big butt and they shake. Oh my God, of course I love dogs. But I guess I just don't like the way that people share their dogs with the world. And it's become really bad right now during the global pandemic thing. Like I live really close to an elementary school and people use it as a dog park. And honestly, just full stop right there. That annoys me. There are signs everywhere that are like no dogs during school hours, but there aren't school hours. So I get it. And there's like a little station with doggy poop bags. So I get it. It seems like it's encouraging. It's a big open field. There's doggy poop bags, but it's not a dog park. It's an elementary school the grass has been completely destroyed there's dog pee everywhere there's poop everywhere and nobody keeps their dogs on leashes and it's really annoying because there's these cool basketball courts that we can go play on and there's like a playground which we can't play on obviously cuz pandemic but like there's this big open field and people go oh cool dog park it's not a dog park the dogs are ruining the grass and there's all these people there's usually like 10 or more people and they are not social distancing at all. And then it's like their dogs run around, and then other people touch their dogs, and then their dogs start barking and wrestling, whatever dogs do. So then they touch their friend's dog or the stranger's dog, and then everybody's touching everything. And I'm just like, no, why aren't your dogs on leashes? This is ridiculous. So there's my first thing um, the leash thing is just driving me nuts. It's such an inconsiderate act. I'm sorry. If you, if if there are any other human beings around and your dog is off its leash and you're not at a dog park, an actual dog park, you're being inconsiderate. You just are. You don't know other people's past experiences with dogs. You don't know their dog. I think that's one of the biggest things. You know, my sister, she fosters dogs and she's adopted dogs. And they have some special needs. They've been abused. They've been um, traumatized. And sometimes they can't handle strangers and other dogs that aren't on leashes. And they're little dogs. So if they go to a place where their dogs should be on a leash and then a bunch of strangers bring their dogs off their leash because they have a good dog and their dog's different and their dog would never. That doesn't matter because they don't know how someone else's leash dog is going to interact with them. And if their dog's not on a leash, there's just no way of controlling that. I mean, at the end of the day, they're they're animals, just like cats, just like anything that's not a human. Well, I guess we're animals too, but it's just inconsiderate, and it's just ooh, it's one of my biggest pet peeves, and I've been seeing it everywhere with the whole coronavirus thing. We went on a hike up above Salt Lake, in the hills, and there were just like tons of people with dogs on not on leashes, and like. Dennis went up this really big hill. So I was kind of alone at the bottom because it was like too steep for me. And this person's dog just like ran up to me and then around me and circled me. And like there, I'm sure the person with the dog thinking, how cute. My dog's approaching a human. I bet the human loves it. But from my perspective, I'm terrified. I've had a lot of really traumatic experiences with dogs throughout my life. When I was five, I'll just give you a few. I was playing with a little baby kitten with my friend and the neighbor's dog jumped over the fence, six foot fence jumped over it and out of my hands, bit the kitten and killed it in like in my hands. It was very traumatic. I'm sure you can imagine, uh, growing up, we had dogs in our family all the time, but my mom would decide that we weren't taking well enough care of this dog and she would just get rid of it. Um, uh, when I used to go running back in the day in Ogden, I'd be out on a run and dogs would just come out of the blue and start chasing me and like snip at me. I've been bit by a pull dog. Uh, Well, I was going to say the breed, but I don't need to say the breed. Never mind. I've been bit by a dog um, more than once. So the point is I've had several traumatic experiences, experiences with dogs. So I like dogs. I especially like dogs when it's like my friend's dog and they're around and I trust them and they introduce me to the dog. And I know how to interact with a dog, but it just drives me crazy when people make assumptions that everyone on the planet adores dogs. It's a huge thing, especially here in Salt Lake. I think there's a big outdoor community. And I've had a conversation with a friend too, that she like pulled me aside one day and she was like, Laura, I, I, I don't like dogs. And she was like, I can't tell anyone that if you say out loud that you don't like dogs, people are just like you human piece of shit. Like they think you are horrible and a piece of garbage. And she's like, but it's not the same with cats. People are allowed to willy nilly say they hate cats all they want. and Talk about drowning cats and treating cats terribly. But if you say any foul word about a dog, you are the worst human being of all time and space. Uh, uh, Are you kidding me? This ridiculous. People are allowed to dislike cats. People are allowed to dislike dogs. People are allowed to like cats. People are allowed to like dogs. But one thing I'm not going to do with my cats is put them in a cat carrier and go over to my friend's house and then just release them into their living room. I, it's not considerate, you know? So I just think people need to be a little more considerate in public with their dogs. Please keep your dog on a leash. You don't know the reaction I'm having inside. I might out like outwardly be smiling and trying to be a normal human being around your dog, but inside I'm probably terrified and not dealing well with the fact that your dog is sticking its snout in my crotch or like peeing on me or whatever else. This isn't like an anti-dog thing. And I don't hate dogs. I'm just really frustrated lately with people not considering the fact that everyone on the planet doesn't want your dog to like put their bodily fluids on you the second they see you. It's just, I don't know. Maybe pause. I'm really grateful. I have several friends who have dogs and they will like, Hold their dog back and like kind of get the sense for how you feel. And if you say, Come here, baby, to the dog and like welcome the dog, then they release the dog. But if they see that your body language is like, Please no, they hold their dog. And I just, I wish everyone could be a little more sensitive in that way. And more than anything, I please just keep your dog on a leash if you're in public and you're not at a freaking dog park and there's other humans around. I think it's for the safety of your own dog, for other dogs, and for people. So. That was a really long thing and it wasn't even an apology. I hope that's not how all my apology segments end up being. I guess the biggest thing I'd have to apologize for is that I'm sorry that I don't love dogs the way that other people love dogs. I think that some humans are born cat people. Some are born dog people. Some are born both. But because of the experiences I've had in my life and just because of who I am, I'm a cat person. Sorry. And as much as I like dogs, I'm sorry. I just don't love them. Oh, that feels really weird. And I feel like I'm going to get hate mail and life threats or whatever. What are they called? Death threats? That's what they're called. So yeah, that's one of the segments. Um, Other segments I probably won't mention until I'm ready to share one from that. So let's see. (laughs) One segment I will share with you today. Um, we'll probably do this segment and then I have a new segment and then we'll call it good most likely. But this segment is called the poo cast because that makes me giggle. Um, poo, like poop and cast like podcast, get it poo cast. But it's really just a segment on my podcast. And in this segment, I want to share stories about pooping my pants, (laughs) (laughs) I like slap the desk, but that's not a good idea to do on our audio recording, um, or peed my pants. And then hopefully in the future, I'll get some friends, some strangers from whoever to submit, you know, PG stories here, but some stories about times when they pooped or peed their pants and hopefully they're a little bit entertaining at least. Let's see. I have some, I have some better poop. (sighs) Let's see. I'm going to go with peeing my pants. This will be my first one. And um, if you're listening to this, please, if you have any stories, it can be anonymous or it can be non-anonymous, but please, you know, let me know. You can write it down and I can read it, or we could figure out some sort of recording situation um, with the quarantine happening. If you're local, I don't really know how to record with you at home and me here, but maybe we can figure that out. Just let me know. Okay. So (laughs) let me think about 10 years ago. No, that's too many. Maybe like eight years ago, I had a group of friends and they had what they called this like poo poo pee pee club or diarrhea club. I don't know, but it was basically our group of friends and we'd sit around and we'd share stories about pooping or peeing our pants. And it was like hilarious. We would be in tears, crying with laughter with these stories. And I've forgotten most of them to be honest. But when this kind of little club started, I was like, let's see, I was trying. 27 about maybe wait 25 I don't know I'm not good at math but I didn't have any stories I was like yeah I mean when I was a kid you know I probably as a baby peed my pants and I peed my bed as a kid but like I didn't have any adult stories where I was an adult or like a story that I could remember well enough it was like traumatic enough where I pooped or peed my pants um and you know, the way the mind works, the way the universe works, because I put that out in the universe, because I said, I want to pee your pants story. I got one. So when, let's see, I'm thinking when I was a camp counselor, I was a camp counselor at a LDS or Mormon girls camp. Um, it was run by the church and every week we, the counselors would get a group of like 10, 13 year old girls. It was horrible, but also amazing. But in preparation for this camp counselor situation, I bought myself a go girl. And if you don't know what that is, it's like a little funnel and you put it up to your crotch and then you pee out of it. So you're supposed to be, supposed to be is the key word here, um, able to pee standing like someone with a penis. But that didn't work for me. Um, one thing I'll point out is the instructions tell you to practice in the shower. Like they straight up on the bottle. You know, I have a go girl right here. It was gifted to me this year. I have it right here. It says on here, let's see. Go girl allows women to urinate standing up. It's hygienic, portable, discreet, and reusable. Uh, it has some pictures, camping, boating, travel, concerts, sports. Okay. Can we just, Who is going to a concert? I'm assuming an outdoor concert. Who is going... Either, I guess. Who is going to a concert, pulling out their go-girl, strapping it to their vulva, peeing, standing up in some situation that's supposed to be discreet? Maybe the toilet seat's dirty. I don't know. And then what do you... And then do you like hold your go-girl and go to the sink in front of other women in the bathroom and then wash your go-girl in front of them? That I don't know. That just seems like a bad idea to me. Sports? What sports are you playing that you have to bring a go girl with you? I don't. Okay, let's go on. Let's see. Do not flush. I know it has an instruction. I'm opening it right now. That I'm pretty sure it says practice in the shower. Do not flush. It comes with tissue. It's in a tube. Um, and a little plastic bag. So that's nice. You pee in it and then. You put the dirty Go Girl in the bag. This is starting to sound like a review for Go Girl instead of a story about me peeing my pants. Let's see. Visit gogirl.com to learn tips for effective product use. We'd also like to hear about your experiences. Well, Go Girl, I'm going to share my experience. Instructions adjust clothing, hold Go Girl against your body to form a seal. You know, if you're a product that's pink and that's all about women peeing, standing up, I think you should have the like the balls to be able to say your vulva. The instructions should say adjust clothing, hold go girl against your vulva to form a seal. Because when it says body, it's like, I don't know. It's where on my body, if I'm an idiot trying to do this, which I am, where on my body am I supposed to hold this? Am I breastfeeding? Is it? Does it go in my butt? Do I poop in it? Let me know. Maybe just say, hold it against your vulva. What's wrong with saying the word vulva? Hopefully women are opening and using this product. And in which case... Those people who have vulvas can handle the word vulva. (sighs) Didn't know you were going to listen to this podcast and hear me say the word vulva eight times. Okay, anyway. Hold it against your body. Three. Now go girl. That's in bold with an exclamation point. After use, place go girl in the bag for either disposal or reuse. The bag's biodegradable. That's cool. It's not here. I swear. Okay, my old version of the go girl that I had like eight years ago said on the instructions. I remember it clearly because I read it later and I was like, oh, it said to practice in the shower. The new version does not say to practice in the shower. So whatever. The point is I did not practice in the shower. So I'm this camp counselor. I'm in charge of these 10, this group of 13 year old girls. There's 10 of them. It sounds confusing every time I say it. And there's this one day in camp every week where we make this hike. It is the saddest little hike. It's like a mile it is very steep and it's very hot, but it's the sissiest little hike you ever saw. Is that, if, uh, who cares? I was going to say, is saying sissiest, is that offensive? But I don't know. I shouldn't be. Anyway, so we go up this hill. We hike up the hill. Everything's good. And there's no bathroom at the top of the hill. I should mention the camp is down and there's cabins and bathrooms and showers, but this hike is at the top of the hill and there are no bathrooms. So if you have to pee, there's kind of a few spots where they say hey go up the the path a little further find a bush pee." so we go up the hill we do our hike we play some games we do the activities you know i do the, this every week so it's the same old thing but this week i happen to bring my go girl with me and before we went on the hike i told my girls that i had bought a go girl and that i planned on trying to use it and there was a lot of excitement all of the girls in the camp so i'm talking like 300 girls and all these counselors. Are just like yeah bumble muffin that was my camp counselor name she's gonna use the go girl this is hilarious this is so great it doesn't sound funny right now here on the podcast but there was a lot of energy and hype when you're in the woods and there's a hundreds of middle school girls and a bunch of Mormon counselors things aren't very exciting so when I come along me with all this and I say, I'm going to strap this funnel onto my vulva. I did not use those words. I would have been fired sooner than I was eventually fired. Um, I'm going to strap this thing to my vulva and go, Pete, you know, it's exciting. People were ready for it. They were like, yeah, Bumble muffin. So I'm like, I'm going to go use my go girl. And they all cheer. And so I hike up the hill a little bit further, get behind a bush, adjust my clothing And then I strap it in. I think it's nice and snug. You know, I held it against my vulva. I will sidebar and point out at this point in my life, I did not understand my private parts region. Like I did not have an understanding of my vulva and my vagina and all that area of my body. I was terrified of it. I'm not saying that all Mormon people are terrified of their private parts, but I was just with my background, with my life, my family, everything I had experienced, I was, I I tried not to touch myself down there because I was afraid that I would enjoy it and I would sin. So the point is, I thought I had it locked and loaded, but looking back on it now, I'm like, no, I did not. I like barely had it gingerly pressed against my privates and thought I'm good. And then I really had to pee because, uh, we hydrated a lot at camp. We drank a lot of water. So I strapped in and started peeing and boy, oh boy, was I peeing way too much. And so, I mean, just imagine for yourself because you can't see this. I'm not acting anything out. I'm just saying, imagine this. Close your eyes for a moment. Imagine you have a large funnel. Let's say the funnel, um, if you were to clog the funnel, it could fit a cup of water. Okay. Now imagine taking a gallon jug of water, unclogging your funnel, and then pouring the, the gallon jug in as quickly as possible. Do you see what I'm saying here? The fluid's not going to fit through the hole in the funnel fast enough. It's just going to explode everywhere and get water everywhere. And that's what happened. So I'm peeing out of this funnel and it is tiny. The hole in the funnel at the bottom, (laughs) I'm looking at it now. It's a circle that's about a centimeter across and there's a slit in it. So the hole is not even open all the way. It's just this tiny little slit because I think you're supposed to be like making a stream of pee. Like I'm, like someone with a penis would, right? But <laughs> I had way more pee than that. I think they underestimated how much pee a, a large human woman can produce in one moment. And so I started peeing and it just started splashing back up at me. And before I knew it, in the matter of seconds, there was just pee all over my chest, my stomach, my pants. I don't think it got on my face or anything. It wasn't that much pee, but like it was all over me. And then it's like, I didn't even pause my pee. I couldn't stop it. I had to pee so bad. So I just kept going. I didn't even try and squat. I didn't even try and just like stop the process. I was like, well, here I am. And I just peed and it just got all over me. And it was like, I was just standing up and peeing myself. And it was so hot (laughs) and dusty. And then I, I, zipped up my pants and I started walking down the hill and all the girls are going bumble muffin bumble muffin ah!" and they're cheering and then I just held my hands up like stop stop wait a minute and then I shouted I peed my pants and all the girls screamed and cheered and clapped and I am not making this up that's how bored we were at this camp I guess That people were screaming and cheering and shouting my name. My one glorious sort of like Herculean moment in life where people are cheering for me like the athlete I'll never be. And it's because I peed myself. (sighs) So anyway, I mean, at that point, we were done with the activity. And I think those counselors didn't know what to make of me. But they all seemed to be into it. They cheered too, most of them. Maybe not Kitty. Oof, But most of them were into it. I shouldn't say that. What if it gets out to Kitty? What if Kitty, the counselor knows? I'm like, first of all, you named yourself Kitty. You're the worst character in a Jane Austen novel. That's your fault. Okay. Back to the story. So we take the mile hike down. I'm wet, but it's hot enough that quite honestly, by the time we finish the hike, I'm dry as a bone. It was kind of awesome, but I'm covered in pee. So every week after we do this hike, because it's hot and dusty and all that, The activity we get to do afterwards is a big slip and slide. They take those big like, um, tarp signs for things that are on like buildings and stuff. And then they donate them to the camp and then you soap it up and water it up and it becomes a giant slip and slide. So I, uh, we got down there and all the girls said, bumble and you're first. And like, looking back on that now, I'm like, what a bunch of freaking idiots. Why would they send the person covered in urine? down the slip and slide first because now guess what you're all sliding in my freaking urine but that's what they wanted they said bumble muffin they cheered again another one of those like bumble muffin Ha ah, bumble muffin so I'm like okay so I take a running jump and I'm terrible at slip and slides oh I think that messed up my knee permanently but I slid down that slide and then I was all wet and uriny and did it a couple more times with the girls and then finally got to have a shower we don't have washers at camp I don't think so I just put it in a bag and took it home. But that's my pee your pants story. That's not actually the first time I peed my pants as an adult. I started this whole thing by saying that I was in this pee pee poo poo club or whatever we called it. And, uh, I had finally peed my pants. The The first time was just at home and that's a story for another day. But this was probably the most exciting, uh, story where as an adult, I peed my pants since that time in my life about eight years ago i i don't think i've peed my pants since then i guess i have excellent bladder control and i'm glad you all know that about my body now i'm sure you'll get to learn a lot more about my body as we go on well i'm pretty much going to wrap up from here um in the future i might have a new segment and a few other things but for now i think we're good to the one person who said they'd listen to this podcast I'm sorry that I mostly spent it sharing a story that you've heard before um to everyone else I guess you're really that bored but that's all I hope you have a great day I hope that you do stuff for you whether that means being productive or being lazy just follow your own intuition and that's